Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pell's Pod, a preseason edition. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Raphael Rattler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Garrett G. Money Rattler. What's up with you? Basketball's back, my guy. Yes, sir. Best time of yes, the year, sir. man, when we start to get that basketball, football kind of overlapping and whatnot. Um, you know, well, might not be as happy. Uh you know, Pelican okay. says overlapping, but we're we not going to talk about it. It's Pelican's game day. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the young boys get after it. Um, you know, and, and just ready to get it started, man. This is the this is what all of the off season, all of the, the 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 all of the narratives, all of the tweets and the reports. This is what is all led up to. When the ball gets rolled onto the court, what are these pals going to do? So I'm excited. Let's get to it, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bro, it, I, I was talking to my boss earlier today. I said, look. This is a type of year where you never have to ask me, how you doing? How was your weekend? All you got to do is check the ESPN app. Look check at the, the stats, score. baby. Check you the box You see the Saints did some st- dumb stuff or some Pelicans did some dumb stuff. You already know. You already know what my answer is. So and then imagine me. having to go to work the next day. After. Oh, my God. Just then, then they, you know, then they won't talk about, oh, what happened? I don't want to talk about. Yeah, like why you want to talk about that? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about. The Saints nah. was on a bye week this week. They were on a bye week this week. They were on a second bye week. We we just gonna call it that. Bro, that game felt like the Pelicans last year versus the Pacers when Lonzo turned the ball over three times in the back. Oh court. my god, bro. What but, is wrong with you? Why anyway? Why am I so anyways? Anyway, so yeah, the Pels do play tonight versus the Timberwolves in our first preseason game. Action first game under Willie Green. Uh yes, still not a game that counts, but something gives us basketball to watch right mm-hmm. and so um speaking of watch the nba really needs to do a better job of availability they need to do a better job of availability for preseason not only one yeah people are gonna say oh what nba has so many games anyways and people don't watch anyways it's preseason anyways yeah but like for people trying to get into the game and people uh, looking for, for for things to watch, like this is it shouldn't be this hard to watch a professional basketball game, especially like when you live in a state that the that the team is playing. Wow, wow, Magnolia! So uh, for everybody asking and looking for ways to watch the game tonight, um, if you're within seventy five miles of the Smoothie King Center, what a fine night! What a fine night group of people, bro. <laughs> uh, then you can watch on Pelicans.com. If sorry, not. Sorry, if not, uh, I know NBA League Pass, they're doing free trials. I believe the preseason games can be watched that way. Um, also, FUBU TV might be showing preseason games as well. Um, and then ESPN uh, Radio New uh, New Orleans, 100.3 FM is the way you can that's, listen to the game. That's Ty so, Graffinini and the boys, man. Shout out right. to them. So, you know, it's not as pretty is not as accessible as it should be probably for a game. Why can't uh, I just turn like the TV and go to the sports channel and watch nah, my team play? This is ridiculous, man. Nah, they said this time of the year is for football, so you, you got to get how you live. So okay. that's that's what the NBA telling us. So um, before we jump into everything, um, obviously media day happened last week. We covered media day. We talked about all the things that people are looking forward to, some of the things that were said. Since that point, um, our leader, uh, fearless leader Zion Williamson, 
has doubled down, right? So he had an interview, and we'll talk more about that interview with Antonio Daniels and Joel Myers because that was a great interview session. Yeah, absolutely. Players, coaches, everything, GM, uh, uh, VP, and, and David Griffin. Uh, really some insightful stuff. Um, since the interview, he came out, he interviewed with it, he said, listen, I don't know why this narrative has become what it is. I don't know if you really paid attention to the interview, but it's kind of similar to what we've been talking about all along. He said, well, when people ask me, people who know me, ask me how you feel about the city. He's like, this is the perfect city for me. I'm a low-key guy. Um, I, I love to be ingrained in, in culture. And the New Orleans has accepted me. I don't want to be any other place. Now, some people are going to say, well, Anthony Davis said the same thing. Or people are going to say, stars say that all the time. But what has Zion done or shown you to say that he's this malcontent diva behind the scenes that don't like his teammates and thinks he could be in a – there hasn't been that narrative. And so, you know, what, what the question that was posed uh, to Zion, it was funny how he answered because he said, well, look, I remember my mom and my brother, we were struggling. Uh, we were alone. Uh, you were working, right? We were working to try to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. It was very similar to the if you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, then yes, like, you don't know my situation, so mm-hmm. you can't speak for me. And so his 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 mom was in that conversation. His brothers in that conversation. Some people that may have been included as sources in some of those other article was not someone that he mentioned during that that time period. So. Um, I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very telling uh, for where his stance is. So whether you believe him or whether you don't, um, the question this week for the independent uh, that I have posed for you is, do you buy that Zion does love this team, does love what we're building, uh, does want to remain in New Orleans long term? Right, right. So, you know, big shout out to AD um, and, and, you know, in that that interview. um, Man, that that interview was – that interview was something, bro. Uh, and, and Joel Myers as well. Sorry about that. Joel Myers and AD, shout out to them for that interview. Um, that interview is something, man. So, again, you know, like I said last time on the pod, you know, it, it's it's really a disservice to, to compare Zion to Anthony Davis um, and other players like Kyrie Irving and the things he did in Boston um, and things like that. It's just – it's really a disservice because – each person is their own individual, right? Their own individual. And I get the, the scarring and the PTSD, um, you know, from, from Pels fans and from other, you know, small market teams and even some big market teams like Boston. Kyrie dipped on Boston, um, you know, after saying, I'll resign here if you'll have me. So, you know, I get the PSD, uh, PTSD and that's fine. You know, it's okay because once you get, you know, once you get burned once by these superstars and you start to see kind of a similar pattern, even if it's not that similar, you start to find reasons how they're similar. To distance yourself, yeah. Yeah, you start to find things like, oh, AD said that, Anthony Davis said that, so, you know, maybe, you know, Zion kind of meant that in a frame, and nah, it's not the same. And so, you know, to answer that question, I do. I believe him, and this is why. It's not a a stupidity belief. It's not a naive belief. It's not, you know, I'm just all in. I think that Zion is going to retire a Pelican. I don't believe that. But what I choose to believe is when a man – you know, gets in front of a camera and he tells you directly to your face and hasn't given you any reason, you know, to, to, to think otherwise, then until you give me a reason to think otherwise, I won't. And, you know, and Zion, he, Zion and us, we, Zion and I have a lot in common. So I am a firm believer of as long as the people who are around me know, and as long as the people in my circle and the people that I love and the people that love me know the truth, 
then I don't really care what, you know, people and strangers and, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. It's part of the reason I don't, you know, and while Instagram is down right now, it's part of the reason I don't, I don't do Instagram. Um, is because I just don't care. You know, I just don't care, you know, what people think. And it's very, you know, I, and again, another similarity that we have, I am diehard, you know, with my mom and, you know, my mom and I have been in the trenches together and we've been in some really, really bad situations together. Um, and so we've gotten a, a close relationship to a point where like, as long as that woman doesn't, you know, as long as she's happy with the things that I do, then it's like, you know, to hell with everybody else. And Zion, you can see he really holds his mother and his brothers like the same way I do with you guys. Like he, he holds them near and dear. And so when, when, when you hear him say, you know, we were in some, you know, we were in these bad situations and if you weren't there, then you can't speak for me and you can't really tell. Those are the type of things that like, that's a person who is speaking genuinely from the heart. And I can understand that because, you know, like very similar to myself. And so I do believe that Zion is a very low key kind of guy. When he first got drafted, um, there was, there was videos of him going to like small clubs in New Orleans. Like he wasn't this big mega star rolling to the big shot stuff and taking his money. Like he, he'd be at his high school games and be at his college games games like he he's not like trying to film space jam 2 and stuff so you know he's he's not that kind of guy so i could i could very much believe that new orleans is a city where you know it's it's a popular city it's a big city we have ncaa we have super bowls we have all-star games we have conferences you know we have everything so it is a big city in the eyes of like the media but maybe not so much as like the size and the amount of people watching um and so you can have kind of a presence in new orleans um, but also kind of be off the market. I mean, off the, you know, off the spotlight a little bit. And I think that that kind of balance works for Zion. Um, you know, he's able to get his money and his endorsements. And we know that obviously you can get endorsements <laughs> in New Orleans, um, contrary to popular belief. Um, but he can also kind of stay on the side and, you know, and it's funny how Zion kind of falls back in the, in the, in the national media once he begins to exclaim his love for New Orleans and everything. Oh, they don't want to report that. They're not talking about that on first take. Because before now. he was on oh, first now. take, he was on get up, he was on the they jump, he was on, he was on every show you can think of. And now all of a sudden he talks about how much he loves New Orleans and how much he doesn't have a problem with Griff. And now it's like, oh, well, let's talk about Ben Simmons some more, even though Ben Simmons <laughs> has always been there. So it's like, you know, it's crazy to have been there. So to answer your question, bro, I do believe him. I do believe him until he gives me a reason. And AD gave us, Anthony Davis gave us reasons going into that trade demand. He was buying a house in Brentwood, California. He switched the clutch. The signs were there. You know, we we just tried not to, you know, we were like, no, 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 no. We were trying to, you know, be plausible di- de- deniability, but the signs were there. Zion hasn't done that. He hasn't done any of that yet. And and, I, and again, I just want Pels fans to realize the disservice and the, the, the not appreciation that you're giving a, a 21 year old, 27 point per game scorer on 60. Per, this is gen- generational stuff. And because you see a couple of articles come out, you're ready to turn on him. Like, give him a reason to give you a reason to to turn on him before you all, you know, going off on him and everything. And I, I get it. So, yeah, bro, I believe him. I think, you know, he, he's found a happy medium and a happy balance here in New Orleans. Well, I, I told you. And again, you know, Zion, to your point. Zion at 21 years old, a lot of people do a lot of dumb stuff at 20 years old. A lot of people get a lot of trouble. I don't think he's that kid, right? I, I just don't think he's that kid. I think he loves the game of basketball. 
and he's kind of a quiet so like i he has an exuberant personality like he he, he if he walks in the room you're gonna notice i Ask andrew lopez right like, <laughs> like he has that type of radiant personality but mm-hmm. i don't think he's this big shot uh, you know, I want to be all in the, the media. I, I'm going to make a, a mixtape type person. Like, I just, I don't get that vibe. And to your point, people will always find the talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, you don't have to use Anthony Davis as a barometer. Use Drew Brees. Okay? One of, the, one of the best quarterbacks of all time came to this city, which in the grand scheme of things, is not a large city as far as financial worth to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. But he made a nick. Look at you. You can't turn on TV now without seeing Drew Brees. So yeah. you can't tell me that a, a star can't be a star without being in a big market. Like, I'm not buying that. And yeah. what we talked about on the pod before was, you know, speak for yourself. Like, be, be a man. Speak for yourself. All these rumors come out. Everybody's like, oh, why is Zion not doing this? Why is he not doing this if it's not true? Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The first chance he got to sit in front of a camera and got asked the question, there was no beat around the bush. It was, right. what is the situation? He denounced everything and doubled right. down and put on his social media that, hey, I'm this is the place I want to be. And look, just to, just to kind of piggyback off that, I think that goes into the statement that he said, because I think that Zion was like, bro, I'm not addressing this. I don't, do, you, y'all know I love New Orleans, right? My family, my circle, I'm not addressing that foolishness. And I think somebody somewhere, somebody in that circle was like, look, I get it. Like, I understand. But, like, they're going to ask you and, like, you need to address it. And, and like, to your point, when they, when they asked him, he addressed it. So continue, right. bro. And so whether you believe him or not, all you can do is take the man at his face value. It could always come back and, you know, he decides to do something else later down the line. Maybe. But for right now, you wanted him to to address it face man to man, and he did it. And so Mm -hmm. at this point, let's sit back and watch the kid go score 30 points on 60%. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. at. So um, just to jump into the the thick of the show, right? Um, Let's talk about that Antonio Daniels in that Joel Miles interview. Uh, they sat down with Willie Green. They sat down with David Griffin. They sat down with Jonas. They sat down with Garrett Temple. They sat down with Zion and really asked them questions all about the season, what they've been doing uh, as far as adding to their games in terms of where do they see this team growing and so on and so forth. And so let's talk to some of the, the, the things that we pulled out of that, right? So the big thing that I noticed is, Man, the vibes are different. Joel Myers, who never tweets, he's a very old school guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see him very. He was like, vibes are good. And in that interview, he's like, man, this is a different. This is not the same team. Like mm-hmm. this, you know, you go to this offseason. Obviously, they weren't able to be at training camp daily last year because of COVID. But he's like, man, the buy-in that you see, the feel around this team is much different than it has been in previous seasons because people are buying into Willie Green. People are buying into the coaching staff. People are buying into a team identity more so than let's all individually try to show what we can because, like, we don't really feel a coach. Um, and so we'll, we'll do what we can. We show up. Now it's more of, hey, let's hold everybody accountable. Let's mm-hmm. How can we better each other along the way? Everything's feisty. Something that I uh, you kept hearing all throughout the week was, uh, man, we're free, man. We're, we're, we're playing. We're competing. Those mm-hmm. are the types of things that a coach instills. That's the type of mentality and attitude that a coach helps bring. And so, uh, you know, a- Antonio Dan, you know how he gets animated. Shout out to AD for that. Let that, he gets, let that dude, he got man. that preacher voice in him, that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Sunday preacher voice in him. Um, he was like, man, the team is really buying into what Willie has to offer. And mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. It's a first-time coach. Nobody sell you on the idea of, oh, the Pels about to go 82-0. and 0. 
Nobody's telling you that. But the feel and, and the overall, just the magnitude of the team is it's just much different nowadays. Yeah. So uh, what were some of the other things that you pulled out of um, the interview? Yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, like we were talking, we always talked about in what I mentioned the last two podcasts. I think that it, there is something to have to be said about a coach that played in it, you know, in the NBA before. And so I was listening to the to the podcast and the, and the interview. I'm, I'm sorry, the interview. And I heard AD say a couple of things about the, the things that uh, Willie Green was doing, as well as like Gary Temple was doing. And one thing stuck out to me, um, and that was them stopping drills just to kind of like get things right. And I, and Raph it's things like that. That's like, those are the little things that makes a team that is looking for that, that success. When you start doing stuff like that, that is the building blocks. Those are the little small things that you do. So Antonio Daniels, obviously a former player, um, former NBA player. And he was talking about how Garrett Temple would stop drills and and kind of get everybody together and kind of point people in directions and hey look that was lazy let's you know let's redo this let's get this back and then Willie Green would kind of step back and kind of let the vets do that and let his coaches do that and let the people who are supposed to do that and then Antonio Daniels used a, a, a buzzword for me he said he used uh, Willie Green uses his his voice as needed and I think that that's that is that is where the difference will come because I think Stan was more about, Hey, this is, this is how things are supposed to be. So you need to do this. You need to do that. Coaches need to be here. Players need to be there. And I feel like there, there was that clip of like, uh, like, um, Stan dribbling up and down the, the court with the ball. <laughs> and I just feel like that's kind of like, that's an encompassing of what probably the players was going through. Like, Hey, no, 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 don't do it like that. This is how you do it. And, you know, it may not be true. That might be something totally different. But I, it, it gave off that kind of vibe a little bit now that you know, you know, revisionist history. But you can kind of see AD talking about how Willie Green was like, he was letting the coaches do what they do, you know, letting them do. And then when his voice needed to be to be heard, his voice was heard. Um, and then you t- you heard AD talking about the intensity of practices and how some of the players were getting into it with the coaching staff and getting into it with each other, you know, in a positive way, you know, in right, basketball, right, right. not, you know, not the, nothing negative or bad. And just that kind of intensity, um, that kind of, you know, what you saw in summer league, that was intense. That was intensity the way those guys played. And, you know, if you if you're starting to hear that in practice now, I'm, I'm excited to see if that's going to turn into, you know, this preseason and going forward, because the intensity if you're if you're ramping up the intensity, that means you're playing for somebody. I mean, you're playing for something, and I think that something is playing for Willie Green. Like AD said, the best thing you can do right now as a coach is relate to your players. If you can relate to your players, your players will run through a wall for you. And I and I believe that that's that's one of Willie Green's, uh, you know, one of his strong points is relationship building and connecting with people. So I think all of those comments about AD and uh, from AD about you know intensity and buy-in um, and vibes and energy and is different. Those are the type of things that we heard about Willie Green coming in, you know, maybe not so, you know, practice basketball specific because he was coming into the job. But you heard, hey, people like this guy. They buy into him. Uh, All the Phoenix players, all the coaches, all the Golden State players like they love Willie Green. It was built in um, buying into him. And now you're starting to see it happen with, you know, you, you're hearing reports out of, out of, you know, practice and stuff about the same things happening. And so I do think, you know, Willie Green is starting to f- to kind of steer the ship in a way that he needs to steer it um, in order to do it. And, and, and the last thing, you know, just just to to because to, to, this is a Willie Green. I, I am I am all in on Willie Green just from the stuff I'm hearing. 
I, I just think that there's going to be a different, there's going to be different feelings on the bench. There's going to be different feelings, like, you know, when players aren't in the game, that there's going to be some coaching going on um, on the sidelines, either with the, the vets as well as the coach, uh, you know, with Willie Green. Uh, just that tandem of, of having a, a, a basketball playing coach, you know, and then also having these veterans who are here to kind of, you know, bring the team along, but they can also still compete. This isn't, you know, end of the bench, uh, DeAndre Jordan, overpaid cheerleading type UD. of bet. Yeah, my guy, UD. <laughs> you know, it ain't, it's not overpaid, you know, cheerleaders. These are guys, you know, Saddle is going to try to play. You know, Garrett Tipple is going to find Saddle's him. Gonna play yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's going to play, and Garrett Tipple is going to play, and, like, these players are going to play. And so these these younger players, not only do they have to listen to the, these guys because they're vets, but you, you're competing against them too for minutes and stuff like that. And we'll get into that a little later. So th- just those type of things, just all of that together, the, the competitiveness as well as Willie Green's kind of tutelage, I think that that's a, that's a nice mix um, together. And so I, I just, all the things that I heard about my new coach, man, you know, from, from, uh, from Joel Myers and from AD got me really excited about what this team can do. Um, you know, and, and lastly, hearing Zion talk about, you know, diversifying his game and, and, and he said, and, he said yeah, the mid-range. Yeah. He, and said, the mirror, yeah. he said, well, look out for my mirror. I said, Oh, yeah. Oh. And so like, you, you know, I, I, you hear him talk about that. And then you hear him talk about how, you know, it's, it, he was watching the, the playoffs and like, I can do this. Like I should be there. There's just, it's just you you hear these things come out and you're like, man, like as long as this team can stay healthy, you know, and that's the gonna be the big thing, um, you know, going throughout the season, obviously. As long as this team can be healthy, you know, just from top to bottom, from from coaching on down, um, you know, I just think that there is is it's gonna be very hard to not be good if they are healthy. That's I, I just feel, you know, maybe not the best, maybe not top five, top six, whatever, but they'll be good enough. You know, and I, I like I say, I, I definitely see a playoff berth, uh, whether it be playing or something like that. Um, whatever the case is, I do see them in a postseason game. I, now, what it is, I don't know, but I do see them in a postseason game. And just that interview kind of brought it all together and kind of got got Pels fans excited, man. Oh yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, I echo the sentiment about Willie Green. It seems as if, uh, what's up, Energy uh, Slayer? Uh, Good, brother. Glad to have you, bro. Yes, sir. Um, it seems as if. The not we gotta remember we have a really young team. Mm-hmm. And so, like some of the things that plagued last year's team, I don't necessarily blame on Stan mm-hmm. because they were still young. And so yeah. what you see now is you see guys that are three years into the league that are like, okay, it's my time now. And so you now you can hear it the way they're, they're talking. Exactly. They're yeah. more confident, mm-hmm. they're more uh coachable. A lot of them are like, I know that if I shoot a shot, I'm not looking to the bench like, hey, I'm about to get pulled out. Mm-hmm. Like, they're more confident in that aspect, and they're more vocal. Like, hey, um, on the court, they know where they should be. Uh, what 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 we heard was um, things are simple uh, as far yeah. as w- the movement. Um, some of the defensive schemes that they're doing, like more drops. Jackson's like, I love that, right? These are some of the th- – you're playing to your players' strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you love to hear that. Willie Green said Jackson, Jackson Hayes is going to be a big player for us, as he should be. And I've talked about it all summer long. I probably talked about it too much all summer long. But <laughs> nah, I think get Jackson, your, get it off about Jackson. Jackson, I know that's your Jackson guy. might be the key to this team because he is the traditional elite 
uh, vision of what you want as a five moving forward. Like mm-hmm. the the days of the Jonas's and the Billies are few and far between nowadays. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have Joel and B, but Joel can also take you to the three point line, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's also absolutely. a phenomenal uh, rim defender as well. Mm-hmm. And so now you got a guy who can switch. Well, by the way, now Jackson Hayes can shoot threes, lights out. I can't wait to watch that tonight. Uh, and moving forward. And he can defend the paint, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of things that that ailed the Pels last year as far as defensive rotations and things like that, you know, that can be addressed if Jackson hits the the the, the peak that we think Jackson can. Absolutely. So uh, I'm really excited for his development. Another thing that pointed out from that interview is they interviewed Garrett Temple, which, you know, some people may say, oh, he's a vet, you know, not, not crazy lifelong mm-hmm. stats or anything like that. But to me, I'm like, he's been around the game a lot, so he's seen a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they ask, you know, who's been the surprise or what's been the what's the been the big story out of camp? He said, which I thought was wild. He said, Nikhil Alexander Walker, probably the best, most 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 efficient and best scorer on this team. I Bag said, season. I said, wait a minute. Now, Bag you know, season. You no, know I'm no high. Don't tell people who part of no high anything like that. He said, I truly believe that, you know, he has more things to his game than anybody else offensively than anybody else on the team, which that's a lot coming from somebody who's seen a lot. And again, nobody's saying, you know, Garrett Temple's the end all be all, but when you get a seasoned vet to come Mm -hmm. in and say, yeah, this guy, what he's doing is different from what everybody else is doing in camp. Like that, that kind of shows you a lot of things that especially, we know. I would say, especially watching Canada and all of that. You, mm-hmm. you see all those things. You hear Zato talk about it. You're hearing a lot of people say the same things, right? A lot of people saying, oh, Jackson can shoot. Or a lot of people saying, oh, no, is at a different level. When you start seeing those things from people who've been around other people and not just, hey, we all got fan think. We just want our team to be great. But people that have been in other situations come in and tell you that, you know, that – that's got to feel good, bro. So, yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm excited. You know, that was a great interview. It was a great insight to mm-hmm. the players, uh, things of that nature. Um, one thing that we haven't been able to get out of Willie Green is what he plans for the starting lineup to be, right? Um, and to his credit, he has no reason to say what the nope. starting line should be. Nope. He said it'll probably lead up to the very first game versus uh, Philadelphia at home. It'll lead up to then when he announces who's the fir- first uh, player on the team because of two things. One, yeah, you don't want to give the competitive advantage away that, hey, they don't really know who to uh, game plan for or how to match up with in game one, which may or may not matter. But two, it instills competition to say mm-hmm. up until day one, it's anybody's job or roles to be had, right? And he emphasized it a lot as well. So my question to you um, is the kind of – Kind of, kind of predict what, what Willie Green's going to come out with. So as far as the starting lineup, we talked about this on Propel's talk a little bit, but I want to dive a little bit deeper with you. Mm-hmm. What do you see or what would you be most excited about as, for, as far as the starting lineup? So for me personally, the starting lineup doesn't really matter to me right. as much, especially on a team as like much this. As the finishing lineup. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I don't think, you know, the starting lineup doesn't really matter to me as much for the simple fact that there's so many players that can do – a lot of the similar things, and then like there are other players that can do things a little bit better uh, than their counterparts. So, for instance, um, Devontae Graham and Nall uh, probably have kind of similar, you know, scoring mentality type of things, 
But Devontae Graham can pull up a little further back probably than Nall can at this moment. But Nall can play way better defense than Devontae Graham and be way more of a defensive uh, help, you know, a defensive ace um, than Devontae Graham can be at this time. So that's why the starting lineup doesn't really matter to me. You know, you got your three fits in. Um, it's more about the backcourt. You know, you know, uh, B.I. is going to be there. You know, J.V. is going to be there um, for now. And, you know, uh, Zion is going to be there. So it's kind of like that those two guard areas and maybe not so much the guard areas because, again, like I said, I think the, the, the finishing lineup, and, and I'll, I'll explain why that finishing lineup works well for me. The finishing lineup should be, for me, would be Naw, uh, B.I., Trey Murphy, Zion, and either Jackson or JV. If it needs offense, go, you know, go JV. If we're in a defensive slugfest where we got to get a stop in order to win, let Jackson get out there. Um, and even if, you know, if Jackson is showing if this, if this three point shot is what, you know, like, um, Joe Meyer said, he said, mate, he can hit a three and it's not fluky anymore. Like it, it looks like a shot that he is shooting with confidence, you know, and, and things like that. And so that's why I'm like, you know, either or, you know, either or uh, of those players, depending on, and that's what makes this team so good. And I think that's what's going to make Willie Green so good for this team because he's a guy who, you know, like AD said, he can relate to, you know, starters, bench players, um, players that don't get a lot of minutes, players that get, uh, you know, inconsistent minutes who play a lot and then don't play a lot. You know, you have you have Willie Green who can kind of connect with all of these people. And I think that that's going to go a long way with who's going to be finishing this stuff. And so for me, if you can get a Naw and, and, and B.I. backcourt, that gives you the scoring. That gives you um, Naw as your like your de facto kind of Lonzo guy who is like, hey, guard this guy, guard the, the best, you know, uh, perimeter player or backcourt player. Um, you know, it kind of do that. And then once you go to the Trey Murphy, Zion, and B.I., uh, and, and um, you know, either Jonas or JV front court, um, probably going to be uh, JV. Um, you know, if you can, if, when you go to that, that you have Trey Murphy, who is long, linky, can play each side of the wing and, and you know, and, and kind of cover up a lot of space, um, you know, and, and he can also shoot and space the floor for B.I. and Zion, as well as Jonas, um, and as well as not too, give him some driving lanes and have, have a kick out of a kickout option. And then you have Zion just wrecking shop, but you have Trey <laughs> Murphy outside on the three. You kind of have Brandon Ingram who somebody, you, you know, somebody has to account for 25 points per game. So you have to keep a defender on him. And then, you know, either, either, um, you know, and now Zion is either by himself or JV's man has to help off him. And then Zion can kind of dump that off the JV. And again, JV was 17 and 12 last year. I don't think I don't think we got 17 and 12 out of our center the entire season, like combined. <laughs> I don't think he scored 17 points. Don't do it like that. Don't and do 12 like that. rebounds last season. <laughs> don't do it like that. Combined. Um, but yeah, so like I like I I think that that's gonna open up a lot of things because again, I, I keep Zion is so so good that he doesn't need a lot of space and a lot of time to get the ball in the basket. If you give him enough time where the defender has to keep his hand on JV, like that, that split two seconds, that, two it's points. in a bucket. It's in a, and you have to, you have to double that. And now JV is eating or now Jackson is eating, whatever the case is. And I think that if you, as long as you keep that, you know, you keep a little bit of shooting out there where, whether it be Trey Murphy, um, you know, or, or Devontae Graham, if he's rolling that, that game, um, I'm sure Nikel would be like, Hey bro, let, you know, let him cook for the last three minutes. If, if that's what it is. Um, or if Trey Murphy needs to come out and it'd be Devontae Graham and not the, 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 the point is that 
this is is such a um a flexible team and a versatile team that I really, really believe in. It's not, you know, it's not lip service. I really do believe that Willie Green being a, a basketball player, a former NBA player is going to be like, hey, we're going to play exactly, Refinesse. We're going to play to this. We're going to play to the situation. And so I don't think that this, and I think that's kind of where Devontae Graham was coming from in his introductory, where he was like, hey, man, I can play off the bench. I can start. Whatever the coach needs me to do, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable doing. I've done it a lot, so I know what I'm doing. I think that there's so many moving parts and so many interchangeable players on this team that the starting lineup doesn't really matter. And I really don't think, you know, as long as you have your your, your staples, which is B.I. and Zion, um, you know, the other th- the other three players at the end of the game is another thing is going to be because you may see Najee have to get out there in case somebody is is cooking. You know, you might have to get Naji, uh, Najee out there. So wow. there's so many different things that that can go. So I don't I don't really believe that it's a it's, it's that much of a of a concern or you need to worry about it. Um, you know, like that. I just think that there's a lot of interchangeable parts and, and there's going to be times where some people play in the final uh, in the in the you know in the ending of the game and some people don't. And in the next game, the people who didn't play, they may play the next game. And I just think that that's, that's going to be all throughout the season um, until maybe, you know, Jackson steps up and hits threes and is doing all that. And I think he may become that closing five um, and maybe even, you know, further on. I agree. I, I think that the biggest thing of what, what I took from Willie Green this week was he said, look, and this is what we were crying for as Pels fans last season. He said, look, there's going to be some games where – it's a slower game, and we need veteran leadership in order to get us to where we want to be at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Then there's going to be games where we're up and down and we're running, and it's going to call for you more put the horses, and, part of, Put the horses out there. <laughs> and it's going to be a high-scoring game where we need – just hearing that mm-hmm. is just such a relief. Like there's so much burden to, to understand that, hey, every game – that's why people love. So sports. you mean to tell me the five minute mark? We won't at the exactly five minutes. We are going to sub this person. Out. I do not care what's going on. You mean to tell me that's not going to happen anymore? Okay. Listen. To hear him say that, hey, there's going to be situations where you might close a game with somebody who you didn't expect to close a game in all season long. Mm-hmm. And I noticed on on in terms of the closing lineups, I think Devontae Graham's going to close a lot of games because he's a closer. Like yeah, that guy can move. Like I he agree. can score. And he's not scared of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so last year we kind of struggled all throughout the year. Who's going to close? Do we pass it to B.I.? Do we pass it to Zion? Who knows? There's going to be games where it might not be either one of them. It I'm about might to say, be Rav, what you, what you mean we may have to pass the ball to it, B.I.? Zion? We didn't have no choice last year. It, it was like, it one of y'all not, have to do it. It may not be them. It may not be them. It might be not. Like, who knows, right? And to have a coach that's willing to understand that, hey, Basketball is a game of runs, rhythm, and momentum. If you got a guy going, leave him out there. There's no reason to pull him just because he's 23, 24. Newsflash, the whole team is 23 to 24. Mm. Like, they're all young. And so what's the only way you gain uh, uh, knowledge and learn? It's through experience. Like the only way to get good at basketball not, is to play basketball. <laughs> guys, guys didn't realize that LeBron was not a good closer. At the, like, literally, there was a signal that LeBron can't close mm-hmm. games. But, like, the first, it wasn't, a, like, year one or year two. It was, mm-hmm. like, six or seven years mm-hmm. into the league. And yep. so how did he get better in those situations? He played in those situations. He mm-hmm. took the shots. And, like, that's that's what you want out of this team. You want to get good shots. Another thing Willie Green said all week long, we want good, we want great shots. 
Go from yeah. good to great shots. Make mm-hmm. the extra pass and make the great shot. That's what you're looking for, right? Not just, hey, let's just get our two best players the ball and hope for the best, right? And so right. when I look at starting lineups, I, I look at it almost like a game-by-game basis, bro, to be honest with you. How yeah. do we match up? Like, hey, we start the year with Philly. You probably need JV in the lineup. But so got them, gonna, Joel. Mm-hmm. There's gonna there going to be games where they don't have a five that's good or a threat offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the Grizzlies, but I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, mm. That might be a game where you play a Jackson at the – like, maybe you need Jackson at the five Boy, to Jackson up. should get all the minutes. Maybe you minutes. want JV to have those second unit minutes so he can cook on whoever they put on at the five. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be situations where you game plan and you match – Wit for wit, skill for skill. Uh, I saw that Reef and that skill for skill. That's, that, that's perfect, right? There's going to be games where you need to be flexible as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not only having flexibility, that's great to have it on the roster, but if you don't know how to deploy it and use it, then it does you no good, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm looking forward to having all different kinds of matchups, to be honest with you. Like, I think and- there's... There's gonna be games where Sato starts. I think there's gonna be like there's gonna be games where you mix and match and figure out who works well with who, who can play off each other, whose skill sets make sense one another. You you heard Zato, you heard Hart, you heard uh Nal talk about oh they've been working with different lineups and stuff like that mm-hmm. just to see who's where. And they're like honestly with this lineup we can switch two through four. That's the kind of stuff you want to see, right? That's the kind of stuff that you all, are, It's new to us. Like it's, it's very new. We haven't been doing every other team does this, but the Pelicans haven't been doing it. So. I'm I'm super, I'm super excited to see. Um, and it's gonna sound weird. I'm super excited to see the offense when BI and Zion sit. Because I do think that if like ever, well, well, yeah, well, yeah. But I think that there's gonna be times where you know they can, you know, whether it be somebody's injured, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't happen, but we know it will. But there's there like there's there's legitimate offensive options outside of I'm talking about like creating offense outside of Brandon yeah. Ingram and Zion. And so you know there's gonna be times where like JV is gonna score eight points straight because they just gonna dump it to him and he's gonna go to work. Um and if you don't believe me, watch his season from last uh watch his season highlights from last year where he would have 20 and 20 and 25 and 17 and 30 and like he had those games. And so when B.I. and Zion are like, you know, either whatever the case is, maybe they aren't, you know, in the game at that point, you can put a Devontae Graham, Trey Murphy, uh, JV-based lineup, you know, and fill the, the, the rest in with whatever you need, whether it be Najee, Nall, whatever the case is. You can run those and be, you know, and be okay for a couple of minutes or, you know, maybe a game, a, a game or so where, you know, those they can kind of carry the load offensively and Brandon Ingram and Zion don't have to run into a wall every <laughs> single play and hope that the ball go in or hope that they get a, a foul call. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, that's going to be – I'm excited to see that because, you know, there were so many times last season where Brandon Ingram and Zion would just be working so hard. And they had to because there was literally – no one else can create their own offense. Now, Alonzo, Nall was hurt. Najee can't create his own offense. Steven Adams can't – like, there was no one there. And, and so – here's, here's, the, here's the echo part to that. I don't think the flexibility was there for them to create their own offense. No, no, absolutely First not. Of all, there was no creativity in the offense. We just got oh, to the yeah. half court oh. with like, all right, here you go, Zion. Figure mm-hmm. it out. He go be I go get us a bucket. Like there was no back mm-hmm. screens, there was no cuts. There was mm-hmm. that that didn't exist. Like the they weren't set up. They weren't set up to be. And successful. so now you hear players talking about how like free they feel. Like mm-hmm. hey, if I've got a ball in a position that's familiar to me that I know I can score in, I don't feel like. If I go try to get a bucket and I miss, 
Time out. I'm coming off the court. Willie right? said it himself. We we letting the guys play kind of be free and do what they do on offense as long as it's a good shot. He he literally said that until Mike. Yeah, he said and he said it. He said it perfectly. He said, "Look, I want these guys to feel as if they're basketball players. Right? They can go out and make a play, make a mistake, and learn from the mistakes. That's why I know we'll get into it. But that's what I want to see. I want to see guys. Make, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yeah, we don't want you crazy all over the place making a bunch of turnovers." But be able to make the mistake and come back to the bench and know you might have got about to get screamed at. Right. You learn from it. Go talk mm-hmm. to Garrett Temple. Go talk to Zato. Go talk to those guys. Learn from it. And so that you better yourself the next time. Because a lot of people, you just scream and yell and they shut down when you do they that. They don't accept that and like that. that right. That's 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 not that's not today's basketball. These 20-year-olds, they don't, you know, everybody makes fun of you know our generation and, and stuff like that, millennials. But think about the but the the guys that are playing right now. They're even younger than us. So mm-hmm. you start screaming at them. They're like, bro, I, I ain't trying to hear all that. Right. And so right. like that's not that's not productive for anybody. That's not that's not that for anyone, right? And so mm-hmm. give these guys an opportunity to learn on their own and then mm-hmm. learn from their mistakes. That's how people get better. Right. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the fact that guys feel free, I think that's going to help both on offense and on defense. The reason why I say that is because, look, as great as Z- Z- uh, Zion and B.I. were, they were facing the, the already set defenses, already clued in defenses. Now, when you give guys the ability to attack and do things on their own, people are going to be like, oh, well, Z- I, uh, or B.I. and Zion's numbers are going to go down. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I think, think other players that. could get better and, and their stats improve. And I think Zion and B.I.'s stats can improve too because maybe maybe B.I. doesn't have to shoot as many times a game. Zion already doesn't shoot that many times a game. so And he still gets 27 points. So think about if it's – Just if because other easier. players get better doesn't mean that you can, go, you can now guard Zion and Brandon Ingram. Exactly. Now. Still, it just means now you have to guard other people. Exactly. Right. <laughs> So it's you know I, I I'm so excited for the team. Now one thing I do want to talk about is because of all the versatility, because of all the talent on this roster, mm-hmm. some people ain't gonna be playing like that. Inevitable, right? Yes, like it, it, unless you go in twelve deep, which we might do early on, just to see again, just to see mm-hmm. who fits with her like, at the beginning, stuff like that, just to see. But like once you get closer to midway through the season and you know playoffs. Ain't gonna be no twelve man rotation. Yeah, ask Winnie and Gabriel and James and Nunnally and and, and those Wesley we're, we're, we're putting last season in the past. All right. <laughs> so, so that being said, that being said, who do you think might be the odd man out as far as the rotation goes? Let's just go early on because obviously mm-hmm. the season happens. Everything, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But early on, who do you think is not gonna play as many minutes as they think they're gonna play? Um. Unfortunately, man, I think that the Alabama boys are going to see a lot of Alabama. Not a lot. Maybe not a lot of Alabama, but some uh, Birmingham uh, squadron. I mean, Kyra and and Herb. And and, and Herb, not so much because I think Herb has a lot of things that he can contribute to the team. But what I think is might happen with Herb is the fact that, you know, Najee is is, like he's a dog, bro. Like he's a dog. And so – I think that if Najee makes this, and I don't mean like leap as in like all-star or nothing, but like this leap where he's like now an officially an NBA player now, kind of like not this like. I mean, he separated in, himself in summer league. It right. Was like, not not oh, this enigma. That guy's going to be on the roster and right. those other guys are not. Right, right. Not this enigma player that came out of nowhere. Like he's a legit basketball player now. 
Um, and so I think that, you know, I think that he's going to have a lot, you know, he's going to play a lot. And I think, you know, the things that you would want from, from her early, you know, Najee can kind of give that to you and you kind of know what you're getting from Najee. And so I think if, if Najee gets that, that trust from Willie, um, that defensive ace kind of like playmaking, uh, uh, player, I think that role is going to kind of go to Najee, especially because Najee can shoot a little better than Herb. We saw Herb working with Fred Vincent on the side, and, you know, maybe that's that's working and coming along, and I think that that's going to play a big role in how many minutes that he gets. Um, so Herb probably will get a little bit more minute. But Kyra, man, and I see I see Refinesse. I, I, bro, I know Kyra's like that. I love Kyra. I, I know – I. He up and down he the court, elite he, speed, elite. elite. You you can't teach that. There are things in in basketball you can't teach. I always say shooting like Steph Curry, you can't teach that. Speed like Kyra and John Wall, you can't teach that. Like there's nothing. There's no coaching in that. They just have it or you don't. But there's a lot of guards on this team. There's a lot of guards. You got the the starting two who we think you know whatever the case is. You have um you have Devontae Graham. You have no. Then behind that, you have Garrett Temple, you have Saddle, and you know they're gonna rely on the on the on the you know on the um on the better. gonna play. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna, gonna play, play early. They're they, gonna play they, early. Then you have Najee, and you have Josh Hart as a guard. I know it's weird. I know we played him at forward last season. He's a guard. He's <laughs> not a forward. He's a guard. So you mean he shouldn't be guard? And it's just it's just a lot of he Kyra and his summer league didn't didn't give me yeah. the the it the, didn't pop off. The yeah, page. it didn't give me the yeah. vibes that like hey this guy is ready to become in and be the next guard or whatever the case is. So he may need some time, you know, and and with the squadron, and that's that's perfectly fine. The kid, I is, want Kyra he to is, play. He play is basketball. young. Yeah. Yes, he is young. Let him go do some things uh, in, in the squadron, get his confidence up, get his playmaking up, you know, let him, let him kind of the same things we kind of saw with Nall, but we had to, we had to have Nall playing. Like let the game slow down for him a little bit. Let him, let him kind of figure out where he's great and when he can use his speed and when, you know, and things like that. And then once, you know, once he gets to that level, you know, we'll see about, you know, about him being ready to come in and fit in. But early on, I don't think that he's going to be seeing a lot of minutes. Um, there's just a lot. There's a dirt of guards on his team and like talented guards. It's no longer the years of like J.J. Redick um, where, you know, they weren't giving you anything off the bench or like they just was there by name and stuff like that. Like it just is just different. And so I think, you know, you may see Kyra a lot in the preseason and, you know, they're going to try to let him go and, and, and let him let him hoop and see if, you know, that summer league can kind of he could turn around that that kind of woeful summer league that he had, um, you know, and see what it turns into the preseason. But as far as the people that I think is going to be out of that rotation, bro, um, I think Kyra just because he's not quite ready. And I think Herb because Najee can kind of do what Herb does. Not as tall, not as linky, obviously, but he's a dog defensively. He was and there last season. Better right now. And he can, he's a better offensive option. So I just, I think it's just going to be a pure numbers game. Not so much as, hey, these dudes need to go because they're sad and they need to be in the bench. And that's why I love this team because there's not too many players like that there's no you know and I'm, I'm hate to knock on these guys and they were here and I and I appreciate the time they had but there's no winning Gabriel's well you know he's there but like there's no he's not gonna be he's not in the playing, right yeah. winning Gabriel's and Wesson Woundus and 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 those players Melly. and Melly and JJ Reddick we had a lot of players that were not doing anything last season and I don't think you have that so Najee I mean uh Herb and 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 uh and Kyra I think it's gonna be pure numbers game bro I agree I think 
her power <laughs> my up. bad energy slip. <laughs> I don't uh, get to go ahead and win you like that. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Herb, Kyra, DD, Billy, breaking case of emergency, yeah, which you know he yeah. can produce uh, right, in, right. in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. Um, and, and people got to remember. Right, Reed, right. Kyra was young coming into the NBA. Right, like, right. Like he was all, he was a kid coming into the I NBA. I think he played his freshman year at 18, I want to say. I think he was 18 yeah. when he played his freshman year. Yeah. So he was already young. Yeah. And a lot of the things that I think Kyra struggled with, other than, you know, understanding the flow of the game and knowing situational basketball and things like that, outside of that, his development, a lot of it, it just comes because he's not big, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's still right. really slender. He's right. extremely long, extremely athletic, extremely fast. So that makes up for it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the fouls he was getting, because people just bullying him out the way mm-hmm. or, or, or finishing at the lane. He had to shoot the floater because he didn't know how to use his body to draw contact, mm-hmm. things like that. That's what you learn by playing basketball. Right. And right, so right. when we say we want to see Kyra play a lot in the squadron, he to your point, he can build his confidence up playing under the same system, knowing that, hey, I'm still that guy. I still know I can reach these elite levels. But to your point, like you got guys who already kind of know some of those things. Mm-hmm. Right? You you got uh Saddle, you got Garrett Temple that they can they can be there defensively because you're not really looking for offense. Like right. There's we got be, that is not a problem. <laughs> there's gonna be few and far between opportunities where either BI or Zion are on the court, and then if they aren't, you don't Devante, have anyone on no, the court. Yeah, JB, exactly. Somebody is exactly. gonna be getting buckets. Exactly. <laughs> so what you're looking for is uh veteran presence that know how to slow things down, get a good mm-hmm. shot, guys that can play good defense, and so on and so forth. Kyra's gonna have his time. We've all seen what Kyra can be in spurts. But I think just giving him an extra time. I saw somebody in the, the chat saying, you know, Kyra needed oh, – it was Ty, uh, Rideau. Look, at Kyra needed G Lee that, yes, he absolutely needed that last year. Mm-hmm. Because that would be a way to to build on his game uh, and to continue to grow, which he just didn't have, right? And so now we got guys uh, – Reef the Ness, I see it. Now we got guys who are good that have NBA talent who just aren't going to get minutes at the beginning, which – is not the case. Like, that's a that just that, that's a first world problem. We were having a third world problem. That, was, that <laughs> wasn't the case, right? And so it's great to be in this position. Uh, it was wild to me, and I, I know with everything going on right now, what's wild to me is the core of our team. Nobody's older than like twenty five, and so like if these kids all continue to grow together, man, you could have something really, really, really special. Uh, as far as this team goes. So I think we got the right coach. I'll go on the limb and say we will not be hiring a fourth coach uh, next season. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that might be – I think we might – I think we could – that's a safe bet. I think, I, I, think, I think we got the right guy. So if, if we have to hire a new coach next year, we're going to be hiring a, a new uh, a VP or whatever too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that means we have tanked. But yeah, that means – Lord, I hope we don't get that. Yeah. Completely fell apart. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so that being said, um, obviously, again, the Pels play tonight, uh, yes, seven uh, uh, versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, everybody try to watch again. You know, if you can, if you're in the area, Pelicans.com. If tough, not, man. you might have to find some streaming. You might have to get creative in how you watch. I'll just say that. I'm not, I, I, I watch the game. That's all I can tell you. However hey, you got to do it, do it. <laughs> you you got to figure out You got to figure out what you got to figure out. All right. I'm, out just, I'm just putting it that way. Yeah, so that being said, you know, we've talked about the vibes for this team is different. Um, Willie Green is letting the guys police themselves, things on those lines. 
What are you looking for? And again, it's very similar to summer league. Mm-hmm. If you average twenty five in the preseason, nobody cares. The Pels were undefeated in preseason like last two years. In a row. Undefeated, nobody, never lost. No, <laughs> nobody cares, right? What we're looking for is tendencies, trends, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So tell me some of the things that you're looking for out of these next four games. All right. So the first thing, Trey Murphy. Um, I want to see Trey Murphy do everything. Just get just shoot that what, thing. Whatever you, yeah. whatever Trey Murphy wants to do. This is your world. We just living in it. Um, but as far as the team wide go, um, I just want to see a little bit of buy-in on the defensive end. Um, like you said earlier, to your point. Offense is going to be there. I mean, it's, it's just going to be there. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, you know, they they, they have ex- extraordinary offensive talent on this team, uh, up and down the roster, um, up and down the roster. But I want to see the buy-in. I want to see communication. I want to see things that we didn't see last year. I want to see people switching and talking. Um, I want to see some, some you know, some ball pressure. I want to see people up into the, the dribbler, um, into the ball handlers. Uh, I want to see people in the passing lane. I, I'm just going to be paying attention to the the buy-in, all right? I, I've heard so much about how, you know, this team is different, um, and we've talked about it at nauseum, and, and, of course, I believe that, but I want to see them buy-in defensively. Now, of course, you know, you're not going to, stop a play team every single time it's the NBA. Right. These are the best players in the NBA. Um, and so if people, you know, score or whatever, you know, it's fine. Like those are, uh, it's going to happen. If these are the younger players. They're Zion professionals gonna, too. Yeah. Right. Zion is going to be out, uh, not going to be out there. Probably BI probably won't be out there. You know, those players, but I want to see our, you know, our rotation players buy in on defense. Um, and I want to see, you know, Brandon, Brandon Ingram and, and kind of those guys who, who won't be playing, you know, kind of watching and, and, and being, being a part of the team and being, you know, being into everything that goes on. Um, I watched the Lakers in the Nets game yesterday and you would th- think Harden was on the coaching staff. Like I mean, <laughs> Harden was, he was up and down the court. He was pulling people to the side. Whenever Cam Thomas came to the side, he had his arm around him, talking to him, teaching him, going through those things. And those are the type of things that you want to see, um, you know, from your superstars and from your leaders uh, as well. And so I kind of, I, that's, that's, you know, th- those two, and of course, my guy, no, show us the bag, no, yeah, show us the bag, show I us the bag, go, go, go deep in the bag, show <laughs> us everything that you've been working with it with Big Gar University, um, and show us that you're ready to take that next leap that we, you know, on this podcast, this is a we have been preaching it, and so it's time to show it, man. This is this is the time, and so I'm excited uh, to kind of watch them them do that, um, but especially that defensive end, man. I I, I want to see some buy-in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my biggest thing, and this sounds really bad. I just want to see effort. Yeah. Effort on every play. Effort, effort on defense. Don't take plays off. It's very similar to the buy-in, but like a lot of the times the Pelicans struggled last season. It wasn't, hey, you know, they're having a good night. Uh, you know, you just hang your hat. It was like, man, guys aren't closing out. Guys aren't paying don't, attention don't, to don't, man. Don't tell number five that he told the Clippers media that you should always get on the court and play with your with your most uh, effort and, and yeah. give it your like, all. Like, <laughs> I just want to see that the same tenacity we had in summer league, I want to see it in preseason. Because that mm-hmm. means they bought in the same way that the pre- the summer league roster. And if the Pelicans do that, the Pelicans are the top five seed. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. If they improve defensively, which I think they can, they have the versatility, they have the flexibility, they have the length. The, t- the Pelicans are a really long team now. To be good defensively. Like, mm-hmm. they have everything you want. Last year's roster didn't have shooting, and it didn't really have defensive-focused guys. And we Not- didn't have size because we started Eric Bledsoe at the two. 
for that too. And you had a point guard who didn't shoot inside the three-point line. But anyway, now you got a team that has the things that you have. You have the tools, not just go out and execute. Some of the other things I'm looking for, for from are creativity. Like, let's look what half court looks like. Like, obviously, you're not going to show everything in preseason, things like that. But I want to see, you know, some down screens. I want to see some basic stuff that we just didn't have last year from Willie Green. Get these guys in good offensive sets. I want to mm-hmm. see Sato and Garrett Temple, those guys, know how to manipulate guys on the court to get them good shots. Mm-hmm. Like, use our veterans to make the team better instead of our veterans just playing because they're vets. Right. right? Because have we have our vets be vocal in making sure that they're doing veteran-like things and not making the same mistakes as rookies. Right. right. Don't, don't, that's what I want to see. And then I want to see some lineup mix and matches. I want to see who plays off well with one another. Zion's not going to play this preseason. Sounds like JV got a, you know, banged mm-hmm. up finger. He might not play a whole lot this preseason, which is fine. I want to see a lot of Jackson Hayes anyway. Yeah, um, for real. <laughs> I know I what JV see, can do. <laughs> I want to see how people play off one another. The roster looks completely different. I, I would love to see Devontae and Zion come that pick and roll because mm-hmm. so similar to what we were trying to do last year with the JJ pick and pop. Uh, with Zion, I want to see it with Devontae because Devontae is a lethal pick and roll player. You know he can shoot the three, and you got to double Zion, so you got to pick something. Pick your poison. Right. We're not going to see that because Zion's not playing the preseason, but I want to see how guys feed off one another. I want to see. This is the preseason you know, where you build the build exactly, the camaraderie and build the, exactly. build the all-court chemistry, like exactly. you said, with all that. So, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like, we know we know Nan Jackson love to hoop with one another. Like, we get that. We've seen that. I want to mm-hmm. see what's going to be sort of our death lineups, like where we just go and outrun you and we're just up and down the court. What's going to be our beat you up lineup where we just pack the paint and p- make you get six fouls in the second quarter? No moss lineup. No moss. Those type of lineups. I just want to see the versatility, right? We all know that, that it's there. We all know it's on the roster. I just want to see it mix and match a little bit, right? I just want to see it play out a little bit so we can go into the season and be like, you know what? We got something with this team. So uh, it's exciting stuff. Um, Pelicans is finally is here. Yes, Put all sir. that all season drama, all that stuff that the national media wants to paint uh, about the Pelicans. Put that away because none of it matters. Everything matters about how you play on the court moving forward. Roll the uh, ball right? on the court, baby. If you go out and you you know you do the same things as last year, the media is going to be right back in your your lap talking about some Zion needs to go. If you if you come out and you play with a different level of intensity, attention to detail on defense and all that, the media ain't going to say nothing. Because they're going to be, oh, well, this is what the Pelicans should have been doing, right? And so that's what I want to see, uh, uh, this that come preseason. So we appreciate rocking with y'all. Uh, I see uh, Todd saying he wants to see uh, Trey Murphy uh, as well separate himself, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate y'all rocking with all, us as always. The season is here. You're going to see us more and more. There are going to be sir. some random spot, uh, pop-up podcasts, yes, sir. all that stuff. Uh, but – uh, we, like like always, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. We appreciate y'all following us. Like this page. Uh, like the post. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, all of those things. With the Pels all, new season starting in an hour, what you got for the people, Garrett? 
And as always, give somebody a, a smile or a hug. You don't know what people are going through these days. Uh, continue to donate to the to the Ida Relief Funds. It's, the city still needs help and, you know, it's still rebuilding. We got good times going on with the sports and everything, but people are still struggling. Um, so continue to do whatever you guys are doing out there. Um, continue to keep everybody safe. It is Pell season. We need as many people as we can in that, in that Smoothie King Center. So y'all be safe. Um, y'all keep each other safe. Um, and, you know, after the preseason, I mean, uh, after the, the game tonight, Come, come holler at us on the Pell Pie Twitter page. Um, come let us know what you guys thought. Come let us know, you know, what did you see, what did you didn't see, what you wish you could have saw. Um, did you see anything that popped out to you? Um, so follow the page at Pell's Pod. You can follow my brother over there at Raphael underscore Rattler and follow myself at Garrett underscore Rattler. And we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate you guys so much, man. Yes, sir. We out. Uh-huh.